Welcome to the Louder Vision podcast for creative people. I am filmmaker, artist, and your host, Laura Mioli. And as you know, this podcast speaks to experts, visionaries, and innovative artists in search of this answer to this question. How can we make money doing what we love? On episode 18 of the Louder Vision podcast with my guest, Valentin, we debated about the subject and learned about his moving to Austria and getting a conventional non-creative job so he can separate money-making from creativity after seven years in New York City as a freelance filmmaker. I am happy to announce that Valentin has just launched his brand new podcast and it's called Creative Ties. Take a listen. Welcome to Creative Ties, the show where we talk about transitioning from freelancing to gainful employment and everything in between. My name is Valentin and I've been working in the creative industries for over 10 years. I know being self-employed is the goal for many people, but it has a lot of ups and downs that I've all experienced myself. In the first 10 episodes of Creative Ties, you can follow my journey from being my own boss to working for somebody else. Hear me talk with my co-host about the differences and similarities between the two fields and how to live a happy life while also making money. You can find us in your favorite podcast app, simply type in Creative Ties or on Facebook as Creative Ties Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Today's guest on the Louder Vision podcast for creative people is Magdalena Riley. That name might sound familiar. She is host of the Little Minimal Loving podcast and my best friend. But we're not here talking about bridesmaid dresses today. Magdalena's film Low White Sky is available now, and she's here to tell the story of how she and her husband Joe flipped convention on its head. They left their 9-to-5 jobs, gave up their apartment, and went on a three-month exploration of Europe to find out firsthand about eco-cities and environmentalism. Why can't I say that word? (laughs) About eco-cities and environmentalism. Environmentalism? Is that right? Environmentalism. No, 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 I'm going to use it. I'm going to get this. No, 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 I got this. I got this, Magdalene. <laughs> let me do it one more time. Let me do it, let me do it. Take three. Today's guest on the Louder Vision podcast for creative people is Magdalena Riley. That name might sound familiar. She is host of the Little Minimal Loving podcast and my best friend. But we're not here talking about bridesmaids dresses today. Magdalena's film Low White Sky is available now, and she's here to tell the story of how she and her husband Joe flipped convention flipped convention on its head. They left their nine to five jobs, gave up their apartment, and went on a three month exploration of Europe to find out firsthand about eco cities and environmentalism to create their documentary film. We'll talk to Magdalena about how she gave up all the extra stuff in her life for this experience. We'll talk about minimalism and traveling on a budget. Here we go. Hi, Magdalena. Hi, Laura. <laughs> how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Oh, great. Great. I'm getting tongue-tied saying Lil Minimal Lovin' and environmentalism. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I, it's my struggle every day um, when I have to th- talk about what I do um, and my interests. So I know the pain. <laughs> so for everyone out there who doesn't know you, tell them a bit about your background. Well, I originally came from Lublin, Poland, and I Lublin? started my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, Lu- it's Magdalena, a little minimal of in podcast from Lublin. 
Yes, Lublin. And what I tell people, it's like Dublin, but with an L. It's oh, exactly okay. the same. Yes. That makes it easier. And I've been to Dublin, so I was able to tell people of Dublin that I'm from Lublin. So that was awesome. That's awesome. Great. I came to Brooklyn, and that's where I started out my life in 1995. I was very young. And later on, I went to environmental high school, where I actually had my first introduction into saving the planet and showing how that's important and meeting awesome people who introduced me to uh, great films and inspired me to be a creative person. It just kind of all blended together. And that's when I discovered Brooklyn College and figured out there's a film school there. And before mm-hmm. you know it, I was enrolled in the program and that's where we met. Yay. So. <laughs> Shout out to Brooklyn College. <laughs> Brooklyn College alumni. Yes. Yes. You went on this trip of a lifetime a little over a year ago, right? Actually, I was just thinking before uh, meeting with you today that it has been a two-year process, which oh, is wow. amazing. And also kind of like, oh my gosh, two years? Like, yeah. that's all I've been doing. <laughs> but uh, it's important to remember that when you have an idea, it takes a long time for it to actually happen. And then Mm -hmm. you're actually seeing all the results of your idea and of your creative process. So it's been actually the most amazing two years of my life. So in November, 2015, that's when my husband, uh, Joe and I decided to leave everything behind and go to Europe because we had questions about eco cities and environmentalism. And that's what ultimately became Low White Sky. Okay. So Low White Sky is a documentary film. Tell me what you learned from this experience, because documentaries are a great way to find out about things that we don't know about. And without having to read all these books, we're just interviewing people and learning about what they know and getting like this filtered information. So tell me what you learned about. Lloyd Sky taught us that first and foremost, as a creative person, that if you say that you are so and so like you're a filmmaker, you're a researcher, Mm -hmm. you're a writer, and you wanted to know more information, that actually all these doors open up for you and people are very eager to share information and tell you everything they know. And that was actually one of the first things that I was surprised about because most people sit in front of a computer at the internet researching or reading books. But when you actually talk to people you get this amazing one-on-one experience and, and their background just shines through because all the knowledge they acquired about eco cities, which is what we learn in Sweden, where we lived for over two weeks. Um, and, you know, in Denmark, where we had uh, a visit to a, an energy plant um, mm-hmm. where uh, cow poop was used for energy. That's that's amazing. And so yeah. it's something that unless you see it firsthand, you know, you, you can't experience that through the Internet alone. And all of these questions that we had, we narrowed down to the short documentary, Low White Sky. And I think it's important to know that if you have a question, that there's no better way to do it than to actually find people who have the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's part of why I have this podcast is a way to speak to people who are experts in in creativity and other things that I'm interested in and get to ask them directly these questions that I that I want to know about and having a podcast is like you having your film saying I have this this platform for you to share your ideas but it's also a way for me to learn and for you to learn 
So um, I would just encourage people out there to make an opportunity for themselves. It seems like you definitely created this opportunity. Um, I know you love traveling um, and this was not only for your career, but also because you're just interested in travel and film and you found a way to incorporate all of these different passions. Um, so what advice would you have for people who are feeling stuck creatively, financially or, or whatever um, for them to be able to to put all their passions together? Yes, that's a that's a good point. And w the advice that I have is actually something that um, I didn't have for myself at the time. But um, essentially, there is no right time. You can you can never wait long enough to fill up your bank account with money. Mm -hmm. You'll never have the perfect moment when you say, "Okay, November fifteenth is the day I'm going to do this." Um, I think what you have to do is listen to a podcast like yours or maybe watch a film like mine and see that people are doing it because they cannot help it. Uh, essentially, I narrowed it down to we had to do it because it just the feeling won't go away. The passion is stronger mm -hmm. than um, than your fear. And that's kind of an amazing thing that I learned. And when it comes to finan financial um, stability, which I know it's like the main question for anybody out there, especially freelancers or anybody wanting to do anything that's on their must to do passion list is, you know, you can make a reasonable budget. And obviously, mm -hmm. there's savings that come into play as well. Um, and even doing side jobs for a month or three months, that will help you get that extra money to do that trip that you want to do like that mm -hmm. will be time worth that'll be time well spent because then in three months that's over then you're going on your on your journey mm -hmm. so depending on what someone is interested in doing there is various methods or ways to get your goal mm -hmm. um and i think it's like you and i talked about earlier writing stuff down mm -hmm. and creating a visual plan helps um, there are days or even months sometimes I don't write stuff down and I feel not as motivated or not as accomplished. Um, and I think writing down somehow structures our thought process to kind of visualize our path um, of our mm -hmm. life. And every path is different. But having this written plan lets you even to physically check off something that you've done. So that way you actually are seeing that you're so much closer to your goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think for, for myself at least, I write a lot and what I've noticed is the most helpful is not necessarily those, you know, five year plans, which we've done, you know, together as friends, we've written down what are our goals for the next five years. When I look back at those things, it's not the most helpful because life takes us in all these different directions and we don't always get to all of those things. But writing down smaller projects and interests that I'm interested in doing, um, as I'm, as my creative projects, writing those down and leaving them on a list like right next to my desk seems to be the most helpful for me because I start to see how certain ideas I have kind of work together. So um, something like my podcast, I would um, put together with some research that I did recently on freelancing and so a survey that I did, putting it together into well, maybe I can make a book out of this. And then, oh, I look on my list. Oh, a book was on my list a year ago and I never got to it. So we were kind of talking before about um, not 
not just saying, well, this project is done and so I'm going to move on to the next thing, you know, that that has its place in creativity, but uh, so that we don't continually just edit a project forever and ever. But what else can I do with that work? Because it is part of our body of work as an artist. So tell me about uh, working on Low White Sky and, and what's next. And yeah, you bring up a, a great point, Laura. So we are actually in the final stage of submitting to festivals, meaning the film is done. The mm-hmm. final cut, the final, 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 final cut is <laughs> has been final, uh, final <laughs> underscore one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> underscore what, final. What is that? Um, the mathematical. It's the exponent. So like the final <laughs> to the eighth exponent is. Yes. is here and that was very exciting because this only happened maybe a month ago mm-hmm. um so the final cut to the eighth exponent is here of low white sky and it's a short film about the explorations of alternatives to our agriculture systems and that being such a broad topic I mean, when I say that to you, it, I mean, I don't know what anybody out there is imagining that means. So it's a lot of information. And we narrowed it down to very, very brief introduction of what that means. And because of that, we have what I like to call low white sky sessions, mm-hmm. which will be um, a series of interviews that we didn't include in the film that will be released um, most likely before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. is up uh, as an additional information uh, opportunity for anybody out there who wants to keep going and exploring what we have asked about mm-hmm. um, in terms of our agricultural systems, meaning farming, How? what else can we do? What else is out mm-hmm. there? And another thing that we want to do is, because I'm a photographer and I have taken so many beautiful photographs of cities, of landscapes, mm-hmm. um, being in over seven countries, and you know, that's it becomes really big, and I don't want to just hold on to it. The most important thing you want to do as a creative person is just share it, because other, otherwise, it's like almost what's the point, you know? Like mm-hmm. we're doing it, yes, for ourselves to build up our creative endeavors, but at the same time, sharing is very important. So yeah. making a photo book, or um, and also we wanted to do. Um, photo book plus the interviews written down in the written format okay that's awesome so you're definitely using all of the material in a way that's going to teach a lot of people and what i notice about media lately is everyone is consuming it in a different way so someone who listens to a podcast might not be the person who likes reading books um, or someone who watches YouTube videos might not have the attention span to listen to a full podcast. So it's good that you're getting your project out there in these different formats um, and that your message will reach people of different different kinds. Exactly. And in my other lifetime, I studied <laughs> psychology also. So I'm very interested in multiple intelligence and how people can receive information in different ways. So you're exactly right. And it's, it's a multimedia world out there today. Yeah. I wanted to tell you about my experience in Momentum Mastery. It's a coaching group offered by Brett Salamano, and he was recently a guest on this podcast. So we spoke a lot about fear on the show, and this challenge is all about overcoming 28 fears in 28 days. In the first week of the challenge, I was already accomplishing huge goals that I've set out for myself. The program started out with a coaching call with Brett himself, and I was able to identify one of the anxiety triggers for me and how I can counteract it. 
stop it from happening before it affects my productivity, my mood, and my diet. So today's day 28 uh, when I'm recording this podcast and I feel so much more confident than I did on day one and having a new level of self-awareness to discover what are my creative blocks and what has been holding me back. It feels really, really great. So the daily videos that Brett shares in Momentum Mastery, they're short, they're easy to follow, and the workbook is a really great way to keep up. I like how flexible everything is and how I can really make it specific to my particular goals and fears. The scheduling of the challenges gave me chills at least twice when I realized that I was dealing with the exact issue on the same day and the challenge was giving me help in how I can navigate the situation. For example, there was a day where I felt really nervous to reach out to someone. I had it on my calendar saying, follow up with this person. And I felt like I was being annoying and I was going to be a pain in the butt. So I actually went into the challenge and it was the challenge was reach out again, reach out a second time and don't be afraid of following up. So that really helped me and it actually ended up working out. So the timing in the program is really perfect and it's a great challenge to be a part of. I want to just say congratulations to everyone in the group who did a great job and thanks to Brett for helping me achieve so much in a short amount of time. You guys know I do not promote things on my podcast that I don't personally believe in. So I'm telling you this Momentum Mastery course is the real thing. I went day one to day 28 every single day did the challenge. Um, it's really, really special. And if anyone out there would like to join the next round, you can check it out at ascentmansguide.com. And take a listen to my recent interview with Brett Salamano to hear more about overcoming fear. I'll put all those links in the description below. So let's go back a bit. Um, what were some of the struggles of you taking on this trip? Like logistically? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Um, one thing was, um, well, I don't want to say one thing because it's not a thing, really. It's a concept mm -hmm. is how do you leave like everything that you know, which is like for us, a car and an apartment, you know, a physical address and just go away to uh, a different continent, you know, essentially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in America, they have these things called storage units. So that was a quick solution to just fill that up. And, you know, they just you have to pay for it while you're abroad. And um, that was kind of one step. And then selling the car. Luckily, it was sold to a family member. So we still have the car in the family. Mm -hmm. But it started an interesting process for me, which then just started to transition into what I like to call um, being a full-time minimalist, which is where I am today. And like mm -hmm. I said earlier, I started my process for Lloyd Sky two years ago. And no way would I have thought that two years from now, I would be not only living in Oregon, which is I've recently moved here mm -hmm. and now a minimalist and now a podcaster. So when you have an idea for something, it will take you somewhere because that's where you want to go. Oh, I want to make a movie. I want to travel. But then when you open those doors, it just so many more things start happening and changing in your life. Mm -hmm. And logistically going to Europe um, would not have been possible. And I would like to even maybe shout out or, you know, hashtag whatever you want to do would not be possible logistically without Airbnb. That actually mm -hmm. saved us a lot of money. Um, in some instances, it actually gave us uh, a local perspective view because the hosts were local natives to whatever country we're currently visiting. Mm -hmm. 
it gave us opportunities to be, you know, taken around the city with a local, um, being told stories by a local. And so that actually, even though it was a budget thing, it actually became more of a cultural experience, which mm-hmm. is amazing. And I know since then, 2016, um, Airbnb has changed a lot. You know, people question it. So definitely use your discretion if you're going to travel with Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I want to say about it. I mean, I talk about come back, but yeah, I don't tell know me about that's coming back. Go like, you put all your stuff in storage. What does it look like when you come back three months later? Because we change a lot in three months, and I'm sure you learned a lot about, you know, environmentalism and things like that, which are which can change when you get into your storage unit and see all this stuff. <laughs> like, what what was that like? It was interesting. I, I mean, I recommend this experiment to anybody. Something I recently talked about on my uh, on my podisode uh, a few weeks ago was the Project Three 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 that Courtney Carver has um, with uh, BeMoreWithLess.com mm-hmm. is putting away. Uh, all your stuff, and then just keeping 33 items for three months, which is why it's 333, 33 items for three months. And I didn't know that I was actually doing that (laughs) myself when I packed all my things into a backpack and I carried all that I needed on my back. So I actually felt the physical weight of what I needed to get by for three months. Mind you, in a winter to spring environment so i went with a with a winter coat yeah and then and i had boots. to like third yeah exactly so in a way that was easier because you didn't have to pack your boots you could wear your boots yeah. and uh and, and your winter coat but there were days where it got warm you know when we were in rome it was just a hot day and i was wearing a t-shirt um so coming back that's when i had the realization and like i said what led me to become a full-time minimalist is that I didn't even remember half the stuff I owned. I questioned why I even stored it in the first place. I Mm -hmm. felt betrayed because I spent money on nothing. (laughs) You know, when you like pay, uh, you know, over a year time, which is how long it took for me to actually clear it after we got back. It was like over a thousand dollars that you could easily use towards something else. So learning where you actually put your money was another lesson. And also realizing, um, one of the things or ideas or concepts rather that changed my entire life and I don't think it could unchange is bike cities. Hmm. And this happened because we sold our car because we didn't want to store it. If a car doesn't drive, it doesn't work. It's a machine. It needs Mm -hmm. to be driven. So we rather have someone to use it. That's why we sold a car. And when we went to Europe, you know, not only do you walk everywhere, you can actually bike different places. One eco city, uh, Malmo in Sweden, um, is a bike city. We specifically went there to experience this firsthand. We fell in love with it. And it was winter, 30 degrees Fahrenheit, very cold. Mm-hmm. And I loved every minute of it, even if it was raining or slightly drizzling, snowing. It was mm-hmm. amazing. And what I realized is how much of a car person I am not after oh. years of loving to drive. I actually, coming from New York City to California, I love being a driver because then you go on road trips. Like you were saying, Mm -hmm. I love to travel, which is true. You know, a car is an easy getaway Mm -hmm. to a new location within an hour or so of where you live. And that was very surprising for me to learn that I actually started to hate driving. Mm. And I started to love biking, which, you know, as most people from our generation, we grew up biking, hanging out in neighborhoods on bikes. Like Mm -hmm. that was normal, but that kind of goes away as you get older. 
So what led us to Oregon and bike cities is that where I live right now, uh, Eugene, Oregon, is actually a bike city. It's very close to Portland. We didn't want to live in Portland, but Portland is the more known bike city of Oregon. And we wanted to do that because we decided that as a as environmentalist and proponents of, you know, saving the planet and, you know, low emissions, which, you know, cars emit so much into the atmosphere. Mm. We wanted to be supporters of that. We wanted to actually live the talk, you know, not just talk to talk. And that was for me the biggest change. And if we haven't had loved bike cities, I wouldn't have been in Oregon and I wouldn't have grown as a person it's just mm-hmm. everything kind of leads to one other thing and when you are in the flow of evolving it just doesn't stop and i think that's one of the amazing most amazing things that's happened to me we'll talk more about minimalism with magdalena in just a moment wow that is a tongue twister um don't go away hey you do you have something to say something to share are your rants too long for social media why not create your own podcast This show, The Louder Vision Podcast, was started as a way for me to learn from people I would otherwise never meet and speak to them about my favorite topic of creativity. I love being able to speak to great guests about whatever I feel like. I then get to share what I'm learning from them with you, and it has increased my confidence a million percent. Anyone can have a podcast on any topic for any reason, trust me. You will have complete creative control of your show. And it does not have to be expensive. I'm going to teach you how. Just go on over to loudavision.com and check out my quick course on how to hone your concept, create, record, and share your very own podcast for under $100. That's right. All the equipment you'll need to create your very own high-quality podcast for under $100 and a step-by-step guide to get you ready to record in your very own home with no expensive studio needed. It's all online, so you learn at your own pace whenever and wherever you like. Again, that's loudavision.com. I look forward to listening to your podcast very soon. Okay, we're back with Magdalena Riley. This trip you took, before we get into some minimalism tips for people, um, you actually carried all of your stuff on your back in a backpack. Um, but you also had to go on this trip to multiple countries with video equipment. How did you do that? <laughs> How do you factor in like, okay, I have my clothes, but then I have a camera and a tripod and all of these things. Yes, that's a, that was actually one of my thoughts when we were doing this. Um, and by the way, just to, for anybody out there who's an animal lover and a pet owner, mm-hmm. I cried for a month straight because I had to leave my cat behind uh, for this trip. And I honestly didn't do this trip. We were so close not to doing it because I didn't want to let go of my cat, which is the family cat. It's my husband's mom's cat. His name is Bailey Buttons McMeow. And, you know, my husband's mom, she's no longer with us. So we feel very protective of this cat in our family and it gets passed around. But I felt like the true or like the full-time mama of this cat. Mm -hmm. And we almost didn't do it because of it. So I'm saying this because even though that was actually my biggest obstacle, maybe as close to, you know, an obstacle as you can get Mm -hmm. um, next to like a financial question, like how can I afford this? um, That was probably the hardest thing emotionally for me. And Mm -hmm. I honestly 
I am glad I did it, even though uh, right now, two years later, I don't have my cat with me (laughs) because circumstances led to my current living situation where I couldn't move to Oregon with a cat. And when we got back from Europe, I couldn't live with a cat at the time. So Mm -hmm. my brother-in-law took care of him. And honestly, in all of this, that's that's been my biggest sacrifice because uh, animals and cats are my therapy. I feel Mm -hmm. just so much happier having an animal nearby even though that was the biggest sacrifice, it was still so much worth it for all the gains that I have received yeah. um, in the process. Okay. So you asked about carrying all my weight and how do I plan for Adding video film equipment. equipment into that, yeah. So this is when another thing in my life changed. It's funny because when you start thinking and asking questions, even to yourself about daily things, you know, in addition to creative endeavors, everything just starts unfolding for you, which how is how I live my life. This is how I describe it to people. You ask a question and then somehow you, you, you reach a new perspective, which, which is what I did. I researched endlessly for a month, uh, different types of cameras because we wanted to have a photo camera with more so amazing video capabilities because we were gearing to take video Mm -hmm. but I am a photographer so my first thought was okay it has to have amazing amazing photo ability as well because I cannot give that out because I (laughs) I had a hard time sacrificing photography for video yeah so we actually found a camera the Panasonic GH4 Mm -hmm. which offered the best of both worlds amazingly and on top of that, which is this is the the reason why we took it, it's a micro thirds sensor. So what that means is that the lenses for this camera are so tiny. And I know you personally have seen this camera when mm-hmm. I have visited. They're so tiny. I mean, this is it's just amazing. So yeah. I essentially can fit the entire camera in a purse. And that's what I did. I had a really tiny camera bag and the tripod. Uh, I researched for it to be the lightest one possible. Mm-hmm. And I would honestly admit it wasn't the best quality, mm-hmm. but I sacrificed a little bit of quality for weight because knowing that we'd be on the road and you don't know when you're out there, like how expensive it is to buy a tripod if mm-hmm. you, you know. So that was a sacrifice, too, in a way that I didn't know how long that tripod was going to last. But I still have it today. Oh, it wow. still works. And it's still very lightweight and durable. And it has a monopod built in. And um, honestly, I don't remember the brand off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But it's it's from Amazon. I think it's made in Vietnam. So, um, so it's not in, you went all in one for your equipment as much as you could. Yes. Oh, and a story. Um, so about packing up everything, there's a story actually, mm-hmm. because I had this bag and the tripod constantly kept fitting into my, um, which is an Osprey brand uh, backpack mm-hmm. for traveling that comes in with a, I guess if you can imagine, you know, a backpacking backpack, but on top of that, it has like a school bag type backpack that detaches from it. So I was able actually to put everything on in, in that little thing, which all zips into one bag, which is amazing. But that, yeah. obviously that's weighing a lot more over time. So by the time we got to our, like our third or fourth country, which was Germany and Berlin, um, I saw one of those stores that actually I see a lot often in New York, just like those corner stores in Manhattan somewhere where they see luggage. Uh, and I saw yeah. this like 
blue luggage. I just like I was drawn to it. And we walked in there. We bought it pretty cheap. I don't know, maybe like 30, 40 euros. Um, uh, I think that equals like about, I don't know, depending on what the rate uh, mm-hmm. right now is. But it's about $40 or so. Mm-hmm. And I got the um, the rolly bag on wheels, and which I still have today and use today for travel. And also it became the camera bag. So okay. I had to actually buy a bag traveling to make the equipment more separate from my from my other stuff. Um, and that actually made it better. So while we were traveling, we actually made trend, we actually made changes to our packing and um, the the load. I mean, there was one time where I sent a package to myself to America because people were giving us gifts and we were collecting things and I couldn't carry that with me. So mm. I mean, there's a lot of unpredictable circumstances with having one bag, and you just have to deal with it um, as it comes. Cool. I can tell very much that since you've been back, the trip has kind of led you to be a minimalist, and I can see how that has had an influence on you, um, especially from putting all your stuff in in storage. That can very much lead somebody to be a minimalist, but tell me about how you've been able to be a minimalist when once you came back and now that you're in Oregon okay yeah so what happened was when I got back from the trip as I mentioned before my perspective changed I knew I didn't want to live or actually utilize a car every day to get around and where I lived at the time San Diego California it's all car based most of California state is car based so that's when the question began. And again, this is the new question now. You know, Lloyd's Sky is kind of finished. You know, we're going to be getting ready for editing. And the new question is, how do we not live in California? Or how do we um, not have to drive everywhere? And that's when we started exploring other cities. And my husband studied city planning at San Diego State University. So he knows a lot about cities in America. And mm-hmm. he just came upon um, Eugene, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So when we got back from the trip, uh, we couldn't live in San Diego, California anymore. We were just totally uninspired by a city of beaches and palm trees and mm. sunshine all year round. It's it's one of the things that happens to you when you travel and you have experiences, your, your perspective changes. Mm. And we were okay with that because, you know, we wanted to grow as people and as creatives, as creatives. And we didn't want to settle in San Diego permanently. So we took up temporary lodging with family. And we thought this was going to last just like a few months or a few weeks because Mm -hmm. we were already looking at other cities to move to. But it was over, it was about a year before we could move. And And this just shows you that patience is really important when you're transitioning or wanting something. Uh, Because obviously people say it's a cliche journey is the is more important than the destination and Mm -hmm. it's true because you learn so much more in the journey so it took about a year before we could actually move to a city that we can consider viable for our uh perspective of the world meaning Mm -hmm. we don't want to own a lot of things and we wanted to bike more and not have to rely on cars as much. Mm-hmm. So Eugene, Oregon, because my husband um, has studied city planning, he had figured this out. And I, you know, I usually trust his opinion. So and we visited the city beforehand. So it wasn't just we came here and we moved. I've never been here before. We actually visited 
almost six months before we moved here if we liked it and we loved it. And being in Oregon, uh, I mean, there's struggles like, you know, in every city and every state, there's like a financial struggle. It's just mm-hmm. it's just all over U.S. right now. But being here compared to we were used to in San Diego, living is more affordable and we were able to live in a really close part of town and we decided intentionally to get a studio. So this kind of forces you to limit how many things you have, mm-hmm. because when I got back, I had a year to filter through all my stuff, realizing I never needed it in the first place. Mm. and seeing what's really important. And I was actually, my hands hurt so much from clearing out my storage unit that I told myself, and my I made my husband promise me, don't ever let me or let us get a storage unit ever again. It's just a waste of time and money, and you're just going there, and you're always looking for something. And and the hardest thing is letting go of like personal mementos, but there's mm-hmm. ways to downsize that as well. If you have family members, I mean, from a, in a town, you could maybe disperse that among them, like a box or two per mm-hmm. relative. I don't know. But ultimately, I mean, how many people do really want to keep like really old stuff from middle school, high school? I mean, and now yeah. at this point in college, it's you have to let go. Like That's the biggest lesson of minimalism is letting go. Mm-hmm. Because what I see as a minimalism is what you surround yourself with is um, what's of value to you in your life. Everything else actually takes up your energy because you're attracting attention to it. If you have more things that you need, like a pa- like a stack of something, whatever that something is for you, there's a stack, a pile, whatever. Mm-hmm. Every day that you walk into your house or your room, it's always there. Even though you're not actively looking at it or going through it, it's actually taking your energy away from you. And what you want to focus that energy on is your creative endeavors, is the life that you want to lead, the vision. And I think doing this, because, I mean, I'm living it right now. So, I mean, ask me again in two years. Mm-hmm. But I'm living this right now. I think this is what's been helping me be successful as, you know, a minimalist, as a creative person, feeling connected to the flow of, you know, of creative sources in my life. And I think it's just all related. And that's why, because I know I'm living it, it's it's something that I'm not easily going to let go of. I'm not just going to get more stuff because I'm going to get a bigger place. Like this is a mindset that you start formulating in your in your in your life, and constantly it's a practice. You know, just like meditation or mm-hmm. going to the gym or staying to a particular eating habit. You know, whatever it is that that you want that you have to do in your life to keep going, it mm-hmm. becomes a habit. And minimalism is also a habit as well. And I can see how it can give a lot of peace of mind to people who aren't really sure about their future and they don't want to be tied down. If you don't have all this stuff, you have so much less to worry about. Um, I mean, obviously, pets are are our responsibility and we have to take care of them. But in terms of like physical stuff, that's not a person and not a being like an animal. Um, you know, if I want to move tomorrow, I have to worry about, well, what am I going to do with all this stuff? How am I going to move it? And the less you have, the easier it is to just live life one day at a time and kind of do what, what is in the moment. Exactly. I I wouldn't have said it better myself because, uh, you know, my husband and I, we decided we are the travel types. We have, you know, the travel bug in us. Mm-hmm. And this actually makes it easier to just decide, well, you know, maybe like three months from now, because saying next week is a little crazy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm at an age where I, I understand my impulses. You have to kind of limit your impulse urge. I mean, it's it's awesome to have that impulse. But at the same time, you have to step back a little bit mm-hmm. sometimes. 
So let's say in three months or six months, we decide, okay, we liked Oregon. Now let's try a new city, you know, city hop, as we call it. You know, yeah, you're right. It would be easier because we don't have much. Like everything we own, I actually use. And so, you know, there's also maintenance. So that's really important too. Whatever it is that you, you know, whether it's your creativity, you have mm-hmm. to maintain it. You have to, you know, go out there and shoot those photos. You have to go out there and shoot some video. It's maintenance is very important to keeping yourself up with, you know, the life that you want to lead. So, yes, there are weeks where, you know, maybe I don't clean right away and I see clutter everywhere. And then I start, you know, maintaining it, cleaning up. And I see, oh, like, why do I have this? Like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. You know, because when you move to a new place, you know, you don't you have your stuff. But then, you know, you buy a thing or two. Then it becomes three things. You know, nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I have 10 new items, then I start to question, like, do I need it? Why Why is this here? Is this a temporary item? Is this a permanent item? Am I going to donate it? Like, what's next for this item? Or, you know, so you have to ask those questions as well in order to upkeep, you know, whether it's, like I said, your minimalist lifestyle, your creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. So what is a tip you can share for someone who wants to try minimalism, but doesn't want to just put, throw everything out in their house? Like a little okay. baby step into minimalism. Well, the baby step into minimalism, I would say, because I already discovered it and have tried it, I'm currently in it because it's uh, month one of three for me. Project 333 mm-hmm. is the 33 items for three months. But like I said on my pod episode, I would even recommend to people to try one month. And the reason I suggest Project 33 or I guess in my case, 331, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's 33 items for one month, um, if you want to start slow, is that clothes, I notice, is usually what people have the most of. Yeah. Um, even if you live in you know, San Diego, where I did, and I never needed a jacket for five years, I've, I did not own a jacket until I had to go to Europe, you, know, you still own a lot of clothes. So I think when you start with your clothes, then it becomes a visual representation of what else, what else can I do this with? You know, because everybody has their pile of something. Like for me, I have a lot of notebooks and pens. I just love pens and notebooks. I mean, no pads. Yeah, same here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like we were talking about earlier, writing stuff down. So we just have to constantly have it accessible, you know, and that's fine. But at the same time, then you're creating clutter in your mind. It's like, which notepad is for which thought, for which category? Then, you know, so it's all related. So there's different aspects of everyone's life. You know, maybe it could be shoes, maybe it's DVDs, maybe it's books, you know, which another one for me was big with books. But Kindle and having a library nearby has solved that problem for me. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. It goes from clothes and then it transitions into another aspect and that turns into something else. And it's just a domino effect, you know, a very Mm -hmm. positive domino effect where, yes, it will all topple over and then you'll (laughs) see everything down. And then you realize like, wow, I have cleared all this space and, you know, it's very gradual, but your mind starts to feel at ease. I've noticed just less anxiety, you know, and obviously I live in Oregon where I, and I am, you know, just such, um, and I'm so connected to nature as a person. I need that in my life. I need Mm -hmm. to go outside and see a tree because I know that feels good to me. A recent concept that I'm investigating is forest bathing. That will be my upcoming episode. What is that? On the po- uh, well, I'll, I'll well, let forest people... bathing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, I encourage people to look into forest bathing and then uh, stay tuned for a future episode on the Little Minimum Eleven podcast with Perfect. forest bathing. Perfect. And you have a clarity of mind. And ultimately my goal, this is like a very big selfish goal. When people have a clarity of mind, then people are maybe a little bit nicer to each other. Mm-hmm. Then people maybe are a little bit more understanding and maybe we can maybe get along a little bit more. And the world isn't so bad because I know, you know, in today's times, we have so much complexity in the political system, um, in our daily lives, in our struggles. And the last thing we want is just more stuff on top of just all these ideas and concepts. So it's a way for me to actually bring myself down, you know, literally, literally down to earth and just see things as they are and just enjoy the moment, live for the day. Because, I mean, why not? Like, why worry about tomorrow? Like, yeah, that's kind of like what we should ask ourselves, like, why am I worrying about tomorrow? And worry is another thing. Or I, I guess I keep saying thing because it's so easy to say thing for mm-hmm. everything. But worry is a idea that I also associate with um, the opposite of minimalism, because when you worry, it's just another clutter in your mind that's mm. attracting the wrong energy. Just like clutter yeah. that's unnecessary is attracting your attention. Well, whereas your attention could be towards something that you really care about, your passions. Yeah. Like for anybody who's wondering why haven't I done something I really wanted to do or gotten where I wanted to go? Well, then when you t- take a look around your daily life, which is why I really love minimalism and appreciate it, is when you start seeing it. And, you know, it's it's right in front of you. It's in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the little changes because you you never know. You'll be so surprised to see what changes come out of that. Yeah, and a way that I, I tend to declutter my mind is I write down things that I have to do the next day. I'll write them on my calendar or I have a list of creative projects that I'm working on. And for me, writing it down gets it out of my head. And mm-hmm. the most important thing about that is that list can sometimes start to look crazy and cluttered and a mess because of all the check marks and cross outs and, you know, I'm going to edit this and change that. But what's important for me is every once in a while to go through the list and rewrite it and change those goals because some some projects we have in our mind um they evolve over time and some things like I was talking about before, you might want to combine it with another idea and put it together. And so re reassessing your goals and writing them down is important. And also when you were talking about notebooks, it made me think of how I tend to go through my notebooks and my paperwork every couple of months and take only the most important stuff out of it and rewrite it onto another notebook. And yes, that's like, um, making more paper and more stuff written down, but then I'm able to throw out the notebook that that I originally had because it's, you know, I don't need all of this, but I'm going to take the best stuff out of it because for me, it's, it's important to write stuff down and then be able to read it later, read the lessons that I've learned, especially not, not necessarily what is my goal, but, but looking back at what did I learn from this and what's an important lesson. So for me, having those lessons written down, I'm always, I'm almost like, well, who wrote that? And, oh, I learned that. Okay, a good reminder. Like, it's better to learn something yourself than for someone else to tell you. So I like to write stuff down. Yeah, and that's a good point you say, too. Sometimes people cannot learn from other people, which, you know, yeah. for us people who have a podcast, we're, like, hoping somebody will want to listen, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, I think what it is is it, like, it peaks inspiration. Yeah. So we just hope for that 
week for someone to, you know, go home or just whatever it is they're doing now, then the next moment they'll be thinking about it and it'll be lingering. And another thing that came to mind, you know, notebooks, which is my problem, like paper, um, digitizing that. I mean, obviously, there are also days where I want to get away from the cell phone and minimize that usage. But Mm -hmm. its benefits have led me to actually have a freelance life in a sense, because I'm also a dog walker. Mm -hmm. And but my point about the digital cell phone usage is that there's Google Drive, there's cloud, you could write stuff down on the go while you're in the park having, you know, a beautiful, relaxing experience yeah. looking out, you know, into a field. So that's that's actually good because that's maybe when your best ideas come and all you have is a phone and you could write stuff down. So there's benefits to that as well. And it doesn't have to be paper. It could be digital. So mm-hmm. and then, you know, as people know, with Google Drive or anything digital, you could access it from different devices. So that's very helpful as well. Awesome. So you've spoke a little bit about your podcast. Um, for people who haven't heard it yet, give us uh, an idea of where they can listen and what it's about. Well, Little Minimal Oven is about the daily musings of a minimalist, which is you kind of heard a little bit of a sample of what inspires me and how my mind works. And every episode is geared toward a theme that I explore each week. And you can find the Little Minimal Oven podcast at littleminimaloven.podbean.com. Awesome. So how can people connect with you in other ways? Your website or social media? Well, my current website is magdalenariley.com, where when you go to it, you will see a section for my photography, filmography, and my podcast. From those sections, you can just easily click away and connect through social media. Um, uh, Interestingly enough, I I actually have different social media platforms for for different things that I do. Mm -hmm. So for podcasts, I'm mainly on Twitter at lilminimaloven.com. Um, Facebook for Lloyd Sky that film mm-hmm. uh, to kind of represent the film um, there. Which, by the way, if you travel and you are doing something creative and having a page to kind of show your progress while you travel of the thing that you're doing, kind of helps you and motivates you as you go along. Mm-hmm. So that's also another thing that I would encourage anybody to do because then also you go back yeah. and then you see your progress. Like, oh, I did that. Oh, this happened. I went here mm-hmm. because with a digital device, you can, you know, maybe log a, de- a location easily than, you know, if yeah. you had to write it down and then transcribe it, you know. So it's like a that digital... definitely helps having like a digital scrapbook on the go. <laughs> exactly. And you're promoting your, your work, you know? Yeah, of course. And you could always edit anything that you post there, obviously, mm-hmm. but you're promoting your work, you know, you're posting a photo of the progress and it kind of keeps the momentum going. And I think that's important because we have too many things in our daily life that distract us yeah. um, from the momentum. Okay. For Instagram, it's Magdalena Riley Photography. Awesome. So was there anything else you wanted to talk about on your wonderful interview? Yes. Um, I think, I guess it just comes to mind now because thinking back two years ago where I was and how I was planning a trip, uh, there's various websites that help with cheaper travel. And I don't know how it's still valid today, but I used studentuniverse.com where there was a time where I actually 
uh, have to travel as a student and you, they, they have to check your age. And my husband was not the student age. And just so everybody knows, we lied. <laughs> we lied about his age and nobody checked the ticket. So there's ways to actually travel cheaper because when you're in Europe, you can plane hop. And our, our, our motto was one way ticket because literally mm-hmm. everywhere we went was one way. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, don't feel discouraged to really investigate and find loopholes. I think loopholes are amazing. Like there's so much out there right now and so much information that just because somebody's doing it one way, like, like it's so what, like doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's probably maybe a better way that you'll find and then that you'll share with your friends and then your friends will find a better way. And it's just a constant buildup of like who can do it better or who's done, who's done it better, but not in a competition sense because it's more about discovery and finding out um, I guess the best way to do something that matters to you. So yeah, it's out there. The information's out there. It's, it's all for grabs. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to, to ask, like mm-hmm. if, if you're looking for a discount, um, th- you can get a discount on almost any bill. So, um, your phone bill, your cable, uh, your internet bill, every single thing like AAA, anything you have as a membership or something that you pay for, you can probably get a, a discount for it because of some type of, of affiliation or a program that they have. And it's always good to just ask. Exactly. And one good example that I want to definitely uh, thank you and support Adobe for, because without Adobe Cloud, I wouldn't have not be able to edit the film or do anything creative that I do right now. For the three months that we were away, I actually told them, hey, I'm traveling. They suspended my subscription, so I didn't have to cancel. So for three mm-hmm. months, I didn't have to pay for adobe because i didn't really need it on the go so like you said yeah you just ask and actually asking and minimizing even like bills is another part of minimalism as well is Mm -hmm. minimizing you know your financial attachments yeah definitely all right magdalena so you've given lots of great tips for minimalism and i am very excited for people to see your film thank you so much for being on the podcast Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I'll put all of her links in the episode description on loudervision.com. And thanks for listening, everyone. I am filmmaker, artist, and your host, Laura Mioli. You can connect with me getting creative tips and inspiration on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at loudervision. And you can listen to more of these podcasts, read my blog, watch my videos, and contact me. Just go to loudervision.com. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and subscribe so you don't miss all new episodes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Internet Steve Sterling Watson, benevolent founder of the Indube Network and host of the Indube Podcast, a bi-weekly program as blurdy and eclectic as I am, with topics ranging from music, film, history, culture, time travel, marshmallows, religion, and the brilliance of J.J. Abrams. Search and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Podbean, and wherever podcasts are procured. Also, please support the Indube Network on Patreon. The podcast and this ad is a 3SFX production. Hey everyone, I'm Courtney Hinton of Verve House Collective and you should join me over on the Get Verved podcast. On the Get Verved podcast, we discuss creativity, how to fit creativity into your busy life and leading a life or business with intention. I often have other guests on the show to talk about these things with me as we get to the bottom of this whole living your passion thing. The Get Verved podcast is part of Verve House Collective, and I cannot wait to sit down with you in the digital coffee house.